So thankful for our worship team, aren't you? Leading us in worship each and every week. Well, not to state the obvious, but to state the obvious. It's another year, 2019. I know it's been another year for a little while, but this is my first time to say that to you guys. And as Ron talked about and as Jimmy talked about, this is that time of year when we are evaluating the positives and negatives in our life and we're making commitments for the upcoming year and and a lot of the commitments that are made the top five i believe in time magazine is of course the commitment to get fit eat healthier and to get out of debt and what is unfortunate is that while those commitments are being made in our churches today many hardly give a thought to really evaluating where they are spiritually. Many in our, our, our churches will spend hours upon hours and hundreds of dollars trying to better themselves physically and, and financially and put very little effort into making strides spiritually, which is a shame because God has a lot to say about this in His Word. This morning we're going to look at what I believe should be priority number one for us in 2019. I'm going to give you a biblical resolution for the new year this morning, and here it is. Put first things first. Put first things first. My, my prayer for you and for me as individuals, for us as a church, that we would put first things first, that we would learn to identify in our life what are first things and those things which are secondary things and that we would live our lives, coordinate our lives, coordinate our, our calendars and our schedules and our to-do lists according to first things. Now, where did I get this idea of first things first? Did I just conjure it up on my own? It, it sounds kind of catchy, so I, I guess we'll talk about this this morning. No, this comes right out of God's Word. It's actually a theme that runs throughout the Bible. And one place in particular that clearly gets at this idea of putting first things first is found in Matthew chapter 6. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 6. We're going to be looking first at verse 33 and then at a passage in Matthew 6. And this, this verse of Scripture, this is a verse that many of you are familiar with. Some of you have even committed to memory. But my hope this year is that, that this verse is not simply a verse that, that you become familiar with or that you commit to memory, but like Ron shared a couple of weeks ago, this becomes a life verse for you. Matthew chapter 6. We're going to be looking at verses 19 through 24, but before we do, let's read verse 33. Here Jesus says this, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. The point of the passage that we're going to look at today is really summed up in verse 33. It's found the main point, the main verse, the key verse in this chapter is verse 33. And Jesus tells us in this verse that God's people are to be the type of people who put first things 
first. And Jesus tells us what first things are. He says it's the kingdom of God. He says this, God's kingdom should be priority number one in the lives of God's people. That's your truth for the week. God's kingdom should be priority number one in the lives of God's people. Now, before we go any further, we need to know what God's kingdom is, right? We hear that said a lot. We read it in God's word. What do we mean when we talk about the kingdom of God? Well, here's a simple definition for you. The kingdom of God is the rule and reign of God in the lives of his people. I was reading the Jesus Storybook Bible to uh, Joy the other day. We got it in our bookstore, and uh, Sally Lloyd-Jones defines the kingdom of God in this way, which, by the way, I love getting sermon material from my kids' storybook Bibles. That tells you you got a pretty good storybook Bible, right? Here's how she defines it. God's kingdom is where God is king. I love that. Simple, right? But so true. God's kingdom is where God is king. His kingdom is where he is in charge. It's his rule and reign in the lives of his people. When you give your life up and over to Jesus, when you forsake sin, you make Christ Lord, your allegiances change from yourself to the Savior. And then you live and dwell with the Spirit of God. You live under the rule and reign of God in accordance with with His Word, by the power of His Holy Spirit. And whenever believers are living in that way, the kingdom of God is, is made manifest. And when His people gather together and live and serve and love in that way, His kingdom is put on display. That's what it was, it's meant when it says we're to be a city on a hill, Right? Jesus says, if we would prioritize our relationship with God over everything else, if we would make that priority one in our life, then everything else, get this, all secondary things would fall into place as they should. Sounds simple enough, right? Here's the problem. The problem is we don't do that. We don't. We don't put first things first. We naturally drift towards secondary things. We naturally prioritize those things which are secondary. But Jesus says, if you're going to follow me, if you're going to live a life that is honoring and glorifying to me, you're going to have to be a person who, who seeks first the kingdom. Now in the passage that we're going to look at today, leading up to verse 33, Jesus explains why it is difficult to put first things first. Why it doesn't come naturally to us. Why it's not always easy. Here's the first point. Because earthly interests are here and now. Let's be honest. We live for the now, don't we? You want me to make the case in point? How many of you all are thinking about what you have to do today? Or this next week? We live for the now, don't we? We do. The things we experience on a daily basis, those are things that, that are felt, right? That we experience, they, they, they're, they're pressing down on us. And those things, they receive priority in our lives because of the way they, they feel and, and the way they invade our lives and how they press upon us. Look at what Jesus says, though, in verses 19 through 21. 
Do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now, the Greek word for treasure here is actually used twice in this verse, in verse 19. Jesus is literally saying, do not treasure up treasures for yourself. The image that comes to mind for me is like this, this hoarder, this, this, like a Scrooge character who's in a room alone or in his house alone. He's just stacking coins and counting coins. Jesus says, don't be that way. Don't be like him. Don't hoard away your wealth here on earth. And the reason he gives is not just because it's dishonoring to God, though it is, but he also mentions here it's unwise because earthly treasures are bad investments because they're not permanent. Though they are seen and felt, and experienced in the here and now. They are not permanent. They will either eventually leave us or we will leave them. Jesus says here, they'll either be taken from us, they'll waste away, or we're going to die and we're going to leave that to someone else who didn't work for it. Solomon tells us that in Ecclesiastes. Though we may store them away, they can be gone like that. Like that. Because we can be gone like that, right? Then it goes to someone else. George Strait said it like this. You, didn't, you weren't expecting to hear that next, were you? You're like, where, what? I thought we were in Matthew. Uh, George Strait said it best when he said, you, you don't bring nothing with you here. And you can't take nothing back. I ain't never seen a hearse with a luggage rack. So true, right? But he was quoting Solomon in his own words, right? In other words, when we, when we leave this earth, we, we don't take these treasures that we have treasured up with us. Not really good investments, are they? Not good investments of our, our time and, and energy, treasuring up treasures here on earth because it will either be taken from us, it'll ruin over time, or we'll end up dying, leaving it to someone else. Jesus says here, the better investment, the best investment of your, your time, your, your energy, your money, your resources, your better investment is to treasure up treasures in heaven. But like we've said already, this is difficult for us because we live in a world that is entirely here and now. And the kingdom of God, while it is here and now, it's not entirely here and now. We live in a period of what's called the already and the not yet. Jesus has come. He has accomplished our salvation. But we're awaiting his return when he's going to complete this work. And, and many of us, those in the church, we have a tendency to think in this way. I, I know that a day's coming when, when Christ will return, we'll be in his presence with his people forever. We're going to spend the rest of our days loving and worshiping and serving him. But right now, I've got bills to pay. Think about when you get that bill in the mail. That, that's pressing, isn't it? And, and think about the great sense of satisfaction you get from paying that bill off. How many of y'all hosted over the holidays? Your kitchen get dirty? You feel that, right? 
I got to get the I got to get the kitchen cleaned up and when we do we we get a great sense of satisfaction getting those secondary things done and marked off our list well the the demands of the kingdom of God are not always felt like the demands of the kingdom of the world but here's the truth of the matter the demands of the day are secondary according to God God doesn't care about bills being paid if you're not spending adequate time in his word you don't care about the house being cleaned if you're not spending time on your knees communing with him. He doesn't care about that errand you need to run if you're not spending adequate time with his people. He wants us to put first things first. If you lay up your treasures here on earth, you will eventually lose them. So instead, Jesus says, lay up your treasures in heaven, if we're going to be people who put first things first, we have to learn, get this, the kingdom of God is a treasure that needs to be sought after like nothing else. It needs to be priority one in our lives. Let me ask you this morning, where are your treasures laid up? If you're unsure, Jesus gives us here a great way to examine ourselves. He says in verse 21, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. He's saying, whatever your desires are, whatever gets you excited, that's what your treasure is, and where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. So test yourself this morning, believers. Where do you spend the majority of your time, your money, your energy, what do you spend the majority of your time thinking on, desiring to happen? Whatever that is, that's a good indication of where your treasure is and where your treasure is is where your heart is. Let me give you a, a few important truths. These are not mine. These are taken from Paul David Tripp, but they're truths about earthly treasures. And we'll keep them up for a little bit. Uh, you can even take a picture of it with your phone if uh, you don't want to write them down right now and write them down later. Listen to this. These are good, so true. Truth number one. Everyone lives for some kind of treasure. Truth number two. The thing that you treasure will control your heart. Truth number three. What controls your heart will control your words and behavior. Truth number four, your relationship with God will either suffer or thrive by what you treasure. Truth number five, a good thing can become a bad thing if that thing becomes a treasured thing. Think about that last point. Food's a good thing, right? We need it to live. Can I rule you? I know people who idolize food. No people who idolize work. Work's a great thing. God established work before the fall. It's good, but it must not rule you. Academics, good. In it, we study how, how God has ordered our world, but it must not become a ruling thing. Sports and entertainment, at times, not always bad. They can be good, but it must not take the position in your heart that is reserved for God alone. Maybe you need to spend time this morning and this next week just, just evaluating your priorities to see where you need to reprioritize your life. 
so that you're putting first things first. Second reason why it's difficult to put first things first and seek first the kingdom is because sin has skewed our view of the world. Look at what Jesus says in verse 22. He says, The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness. Now in this passage, Jesus is using the eye as a metaphor for how we view the world. Everybody thinks they've got a correct view of the world, right? Everyone thinks their view of the world is the correct view of the world. If they didn't, they wouldn't have that view of the world, right? It's that simple. It wouldn't make any sense for them to do otherwise. But the text here tells us, and, and God tells us throughout his word, that there is a, a right way and a wrong way to view the world. So we've got to ask the question, why do some have a correct view of the world and, and others do not? And the answer is the Sunday school answer, it's sin. Sin has messed us up. It's skewed our view of things. Though each and every one of us are created in the image of God, when man first sinned against God and sin entered into the world, things got messed up, not just in our world, but, but in us. The image of God in us has been tainted by sin. And one way in particular that we see this is in the way we view ourselves and others and the world around us. Before the fall, man correctly saw the world as belonging to God and him belonging to God and lived under God's rule and reign. But after the fall, men began to look around and, and, and think that the world belonged to men. Became man-centered viewed life and went at life on their own. As a result, man became rebellious against God and unruly toward him because he began to make decisions based upon what he wanted, believing life was centered on him and not on God. And we've gone that direction and we've never looked back. Our minds have been damaged by sin. That's why... We don't think like we should. That's why scripture is clear that our minds need to be changed. Our minds need to be renewed. They need to be transformed. When I first came to Christ, I, I realized for the first time how sinful I really was. Not to the extent I was, but more so than ever before. I had been, I had been changed, but it wasn't until I really began to study God's word and grow in my knowledge of him that the spirit of God through his word began to show me how sinful I really was. Before salvation, I didn't view myself as being all that bad. I didn't think God had much of a problem with me. I was blinded by my own sinfulness. My sin had skewed the way I, I viewed things. But after I made Christ Lord of my life and was and dwelt with the Spirit of God, He, through the Word of God, transformed my mind. I began to see myself more like God viewed me in my sin and the world around me accordingly. There are many in our world today whose view has been skewed by sin. And as a result, they're not putting first things first. I mean, think about it. It just makes sense. If you think you're generally good and that God is good with you, then you're not going to see any need of forsaking sin and trusting in his son for rescue. You're not going to see any need to grow in godliness if you think you're godly enough. 
May we have the mindset of Paul believers. We view Paul as being pretty godly, don't we? Who in Philippians 3 said, I'm not even close to where I need to be spiritually, therefore I press on. May we have that mentality as well. If you fail to see this world as God's in your life belonging to Him, you're not going to live a life of love and service to Him. Maybe you're here this morning and your view of the world has been skewed by sin. First things first, you need to first make sure you're right with God through His Son, Jesus. Listen, before your perspective can be changed, your heart must be changed. For your heart to be changed, it must belong to Him. Before your mind can be renewed, you must first be made right with God by turning from your sin and trusting in Christ alone for salvation. Then and only then can the Spirit of God enter into your life and begin correcting your view of God, yourself, and the world around you by renewing your mind. But believers, listen, renewing our minds is not a one-time thing. Read the book. It's a lifetime thing. It's a daily thing. Our minds need to be renewed on a daily basis. There are so many competing views in the world that are making their way into the church through us. We're not thinking the way that we should because we're neglecting time with Him and time spent with His people. We need to spend time in His Word on a daily basis. We need to get plugged into a Bible-believing church. We need to rub shoulders with other believers who are serious about thinking and living biblically, who speak into our lives in a loving way to see us grow in godliness. We need to be devoted to prayer. We need the Spirit to do this work. We need to pray that God would have His way with us so that we can be all that he has called for us to be in Jesus so that we can have a biblical view of things I encourage you this upcoming year and in the years to come put first things first devote yourselves to studying this book rely upon God's spirit to bring understanding to your mind so that you'll be renewed daily commit yourself to Christ church so that you can be thoroughly equipped for every good work so that you can be thoroughly equipped to put first things first third reason why it is difficult for us to put first things first is because it is easy to be mastered by stuff look at verse 24 Jesus says, no one can serve two masters, for he will either hate the one or love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Jesus says here that we will have one of two masters in our life. Another way of saying it is one of two kings, one of two rulers, one of two authorities. He says, you will hate one and the other you will love. You will despise one, you'll be devoted to the other. He says, your king, your master, your lord, your authority will either be God or it will be money is the way the ESV translates it. It's literally mammon. It means stuff, your stuff. Your, your, your wealth, your toys, your money, whatever that is that you go after with, with all your might. 
thinking that in that there is happiness to be found, whatever that is. You will have one of two kings in your life, one of two allegiances, one of two lords. It'll either be God or it will be your stuff. Now, here's the issue with this. Though we hate to admit it, our stuff, our money, our possessions are an appealing and attractive master. Some of you are like, no, it's just stuff, right? Really? And why do we see people day after day going after those things? working for those things, laboring for those things, to acquire those things, thinking that in those things there's happiness long-term to be found. Why do ads always, they basically say the same thing, there is happiness to be found and it's had in this. You got this, you're good. It's an attractive master to us. I've heard it said one of the greatest dangers to Christianity in the Western world is not so much an opposing belief system, atheism, one of the cults or world religions. I've heard it said, and I believe it to be true, one of the greatest threats, one of the greatest dangers to Christianity today is materialism. One of the greatest threats and dangers for us is that we will be more subservient, that we will have more of allegiance to stuff than to God. And again, it makes sense because to us, stuff is an attractive master. This is the reason why it's difficult to put first things first. But I want you to know something very, very important. No way around it in Scripture. Get this. The king of the kingdom, the master of the universe, the Lord God, will not play second fiddle to anyone or anything, period. He won't. He demands to be first. He doesn't ask, would you please make me first? He demands it. He demands it. And I think he can demand it, right? He's creator God. He gives us life and breath and everything. He demands it. He demands that he be first. Jesus tells us clearly during his earthly ministry, he wants all of us or nothing at all. And some of you may be thinking, well, that's just asking a bit too much. Let me put things into perspective for you. Imagine your spouse coming to you saying, you know what, I, I like you a lot. I love you. But there's this guy or there's this girl over here I love just a little bit more. But you're second. That's saying something. You're second. How are you going to feel about that? Not going to like it, right? Why? Because you want to be the only love of your spouse's life in that way with no rivals. No rivals. That's the way it's supposed to be with God. That's what the king of the kingdom is saying to us. It's all or nothing at all. I am the king and rightfully deserve all of you not some of you, not a part of you, but all of you. That was the lesson that was taught to the rich young ruler, by the way. Remember, he comes to Jesus and he says, I want to follow you. I want to know about what this salvation is all about. I want to be a part of your kingdom. How did Jesus respond? Did he say, walk the aisle and pray the prayer and, and pass through the waters of baptism? Is that what he said? No. He says, get rid of your stuff. Sell everything. Now, why did he say that? Because Jesus knew this man's heart. 
He knew he was mastered by money. His money, his stuff was his God. And though this guy wanted Jesus, he wanted him second. Jesus said no. If you're not willing to put me first, you cannot follow me as king and know my salvation. Jesus says, I want all of you or none of you. That's why seeking the kingdom of God can be difficult because Jesus wants all of us with, without any rivals. He doesn't want to be Lord of a part of your life. He wants to be Lord of your life. So to be the type of people who put first things first, kingdom of God must be priority one. God must be king over us. It's going to be challenging. We need the Spirit of God's help. We need to be devoted to prayer, like I said, because we love our stuff. Like we've said in here time and time again, though money makes a good servant, listen, it makes a lousy lover. It does. It makes a bad master. There is no satisfaction in stuff, in our possessions, because get this, the more we have, the more we want. We will never be full. We will never experience lasting enjoyment in stuff because it's always outweighed by the desire for more of it. It is. Let me say that again. We will never be full. We will never be completely satisfied with our stuff. One, because it's not permanent. Two, because... Any enjoyment to be had in that is always outweighed by the desire for more of it. It makes a poor master. It doesn't bring satisfaction that lasts. But here's the good news. Though being mastered by stuff does not bring lasting happiness, a life lived in relationship with God through Christ Jesus, a life lived for God and the power of the Holy Spirit absolutely does. It brings satisfaction it brings joy that lasts let me end by asking you just a simple question where does your allegiance lie what do you treasure created things or the creator are you captivated by creation or are you directing your worship toward creator god you want to experience lasting enjoyment and satisfaction this next year and the years to come for all eternity, then you have to put this heavenly relationship with the one true God above earthly riches all the time, every day. This is what God requires from all of us. This is what He wants to be Priority. He wants us to put first things first, for stuff to be our servant, and for God himself, God alone, to be our master. If you're here this morning, and all you have to show for your life so far is treasures on earth, if you're here and Christ is not Lord of your life, if you are, are living your life for the kingdom of self instead of the kingdom of God, I urge you today, forsake your sin, Make God's Son Lord today. He came, He lived, He died, He rose again so that we through Him could be rescued, so that we through Him could be restored to a right relationship with God, so that He would be Lord of our heart and life. If you're here and you're not trusting in Christ alone, step up off the tiny throne 
of the kingdom of self and bow the knee to King Jesus today and be saved. Let's pray.